Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. The Colorado Avalanche have won the Stanley Cup. Raymond Barr, a dream, has come true. Featured ahead, McKinnon racing and shoots and scores! Nathan McKinnon! President Jim Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay, as always. And it kind of feels like an episode that it would have been a lot more serious if we recorded it like a day earlier following that. Oh, 100%. We, we definitely would have been. Yeah, 5-1 loss to Boston, our first real beat down in about two months. But we beat the Red Wings 5-2 tonight in a pretty ho-hum win, so that kind of softens it a bit. Softens it a bit, but it's just funny how our team loses once and everyone kind of freaks out about it. Um just because the Avs are so good that when they do lose a game, it's like, what the fuck's wrong with them? Because they should win every game. Like, they, they really should because they're that good. But when they do lose, it's like, what, what what's wrong? This team is terrible. We need to fire Bednar. We need to trade McKinnon. We need to do all that stuff when they lose one game. But yeah, like You're saying that as a joke, but like you're honestly not that far off from what, what some of the reaction was. A lot of, a lot of the people that listen to this show are very, very smart and understand that one loss is practically meaningless, especially a game to Boston. It's not like yeah. we lost 5-1 to Minnesota. The loss to Boston, like it really does not matter at all in the long scheme of things. But you would go in the, the comments of, of Peter's tweets, the Avalanche's Twitter, like you would think this was our like sixth loss in a row. And that like this team had just looked terrible for a month straight talking about like, Oh, I just, I just don't know about Darcy Kemper, man. I mean, that fifth goal, you know, is yeah, you gotta get a save at some point. Like he didn't stop this game from being 10 one. The first period like, Oh man, we can't, we just can't beat those good teams. We've been beating up on the bad teams for a while. You know, we, Finally play a good team, ignoring the entire month prior. Yep. Finally play a good team and we get we get beat up real bad. We can't we can't handle these physical teams. Like just say you didn't watch the game, like yeah. or haven't watched for two months and you've been in cryo sleep waiting for a loss. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's they're going to lose. We've talked about it so many times on the show. Like, you're not going to go 82 and 0. I'm shocked but it took this long for this yeah. game to happen. Like, they have been playing. Like, we, we can all agree they haven't been playing the best hockey the past no. month or two. But they were still finding ways to win, which I think is way more impressive than if a team's clicking the entire time. Right. You know what I mean? Not always going to be easy. Yeah, they were finding ways to win, and the that that game like I. I kind of knew just from like the first 10 minutes, I was like, okay, this is going to be one of those days. Yeah. Like no joke about it. Darcy Kemper was the best player for the avalanche on the ice in this game. And his stats won't reflect it, but he made 40 saves. And a lot of them were high pressure, high danger chances. And the ones that beat him, I mean, there were a couple bad luck ones, but but Boston was working and they deserved those goals. Um, It was the first time I think probably since, probably since the Toronto game in Toronto, where I thought the abs were severely outplayed. Yeah. And we're talking months ago at this point that that happened. Yeah. Like so, that was, that was early January. Yeah. You look at the, and even then that loss, like eight to three is not really reflective of it. Like we had, we had Jojo in that for that one, he did not have a good game at all. Kemper's in that. I it's probably like five. I still took some positives from that Toronto yeah. game, putting three up on a red hot Jack Campbell and the game just got out of hand late. It was not an eight to three kind of game. Like if I have three worst games of the season, this, this one's number one. Absolutely. Yeah. Washington number two, that, that was a real clunker to start the season. And then maybe Toronto after that, I feel like maybe that. I'd, I'd say the Vegas game at home where we yeah. lost one. That yeah. one was bad. But if you look at the common denominator and all those, the, all those losses were early in the year. This was the first one where it, it happened, and um, there's no need to freak out. This team's going to be fine. They're going to lose games every once in a while. As much as we joked about it on stream tonight, we'd love to see the Avs go 16-0 and win a Stanley Cup. That's not going to happen. You're no. going to lose three or four games in a series, or not hopefully not four, but three games in a series at least once or twice in this playoff run coming up. Yes. So, and there are going to be times in a series where you lose 5-1. to one. Look at what we did to Vegas in game one. Yeah. We, beat, we beat them 7-1. to one. There are times that you just get fucking clobbered in a game. It's going to happen. It's like, it's like I said earlier, I'm shocked it took this long for this game to happen. We've been, even if you rewind our episodes back like a month, talking about like, oh man, they, they hadn't looked good in this game, but they still won. But there's, there's going to come a time where they just get crushed at one point. And we kept waiting for it to happen. It's never happened. It almost looked like it was going to happen the first time against Boston. We came back and beat them clean. It could have happened against Tampa Bay or any of these other teams. And we did end up losing to Dallas, but we dominated that game. This was the first time, like you said, since Toronto that we were like, wow, okay. We really just got beat up tonight. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. This team was bad from the get-go. And if I can spin this positively, thank you for putting it at a Monday at 11 a.m. when I was in class but paying it to that's that's a bold face lie. I was not paying attention <laughs> in class. I'm not, I'm not a liar. I was not paying attention in class. I was watching the game, but I had something else to distract me. A lot of other people were at work just because all of a sudden like president's day stopped becoming a thing. So if anything, I appreciate them saving this game for the time when I was no the most busy and the least people saw it. Instead yep. of it being at a game, you wait till 10 o'clock to start and you're up till two. Yeah, we, it was great. We, uh, I, I, the game was over at three. Uh, I went to dinner and I had completely forgotten that the apps played. So 
that's the one advantage of these 11 a.m. games is uh, you forget about them pretty quick, whether it's a win or a loss. Yeah, you, so, get, to, you get to move on with the rest of your day and you get to yeah. enjoy the rest of your night and not have your night ruined by a terrible loss. Yeah, and I didn't feel like I wasted any time in my day, but it was it was just a bad game. And I'd love to draw panic or like critique anything. I mean, the apps just st- like defensively, they weren't good. Offensively, I, I feel like they didn't have the puck. Like the Bruins cycle in that game, they did a great job possessing the puck. Their forecheck was outstanding um and it, like we said if it wasn't for darcy kemper this game would have been over in the first period we at least had some hope in the second period when mckinnon scored the lone avalanche goal yeah uh, that, that's also a thing about this game there was still a moment in time even after we got dominated that badly that it still felt like we had a chance after yeah. that mckinnon goal to make it two to one after we had gotten killed yeah. so badly we finally got one back it was like we, had a, we even had a great shift after that, too. We very yeah. easily could have made this 2-2 very quickly if it wasn't for Pasternak making it 3-1 so quickly. We still had a chance in this, yeah. even after everything. I, I would have been fascinated to see how this game would have gone if it didn't end up being 3-1 so quickly. Yeah, because it was it was pretty quick. I think McKinnon scored and the Bruins scored like two minutes after that. Yeah, no, I, I, it was pretty much exactly that because I watched this game essentially from start to finish against my will, but... I was in class watching this game. And when I was actively watching five, nothing Boston, the five minute intermission I had to walk to my next class is when McKinnon scored. I missed that one, sat down. I was like, Oh good. It's two to one. Now I said, okay. McKinnon scored quit. Pasternak scored. Like I opened my laptop again, 30 seconds later, they scored. Yeah. I mean, that's just how it goes. That's how it goes. About that on stream. That's how it goes. But uh, I mean, this game was, it, it sucks. You lose. I always hate losing to Boston just because Boston sports fans are the worst. Um, that this is one of the times where I'm thankful I was in class because I can yeah. very much tune that out. Yeah. I mean, Boston fans are the worst, but I, I mean, we, we got to talk about the biggest news from this or I'm interested to see your thoughts on it. What would, what, you make of the whole Nathan McKinnon hitting the ref with his stick? Cause th- that was the biggest news of this game. Cause this game was a stinker. Yeah. When I first saw it, it looked like he was slashing the ref to me. And I was like, Oh, you can't do that. Oh, this could be really bad. And I watched it again, and then it looked like he was going – was it Nosek on the Bruins? Yeah, it looked no like second. he was going after him. And that's what it looked like on, like, my second or third viewing. And trust me, if Nathan McKinnon was going after the ref, he would be severely punished. The oh, yeah. NHL would not let that go lightly. For them to come out and say that was an accident, he was going after Nosek, which they kind of just kind of let that go that he – oh, no, I meant to slash the other guy. I kind of found that funny. They just kind of glossed over that. But if he was really trying to get at the official, we'd be talking about a pretty lengthy suspension right there. There would be no way they let that go. Yeah. Well, and the ref even said he wasn't trying to hit him. Right. So, but my favorite thing, and I do this too. It's just what all fans do. There's, there's a big portion of uh, the NHL community who does not like Nathan McKinnon. Um, for some reason. For some reason. Like, what did he do? I think that's just the sign of you being a really good player is you have a lot of people who hate you for being a good player. And um, cause like think about it, people hate Crosby, people hate Ovechkin, people hate McDavid, people hate Matthews. Like if like, you're they, a lot of those guys like have like certain qualities that like, I can understand why you don't like them. Like what does Nathan McKinnon do? I don't, I don't, I don't get it. 
I don't get it either, but that's just what people say, man. I'm not, I'm not speaking for him, but a lot of people were saying like he should be suspended for like 10, 15 games and shouldn't be allowed to play and all this stuff. And I think that's a little drastic. I think the hit he had on Nolan Patrick was worse than this. Yeah. Like if you're going to suspend him for anything, suspend him for that hit on uh, Nolan Patrick. But um, this was just kind of funny. I, uh, my, my favorite one was, oh, imagine if Marshan did this. Yeah, I can imagine that actually. That's actually probably yeah. not far off from something he would do. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, but uh, yeah, it was, it was just a little ridiculous and seeing all the Boston sports fans chirp about it and all that stuff. I mean, that's like just, they're not it, like they're not eighth in the East right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's just Boston fans, man. So um, that cracked me up, but yeah, I mean, that play definitely the McKinnon thing. It didn't look good the first time I watched it, but the more and more context that came out about it, the more you heard from the ref and what happened, you're like, Oh, this was completely accidental. He wasn't trying to hit the ref, but right, definitely right. Uh, if you're Nathan McKinnon, don't, try and hit the ref with your stick, even no matter how mad the other team makes you, because uh, you're under a microscope now from the league. I'd say they, they kind of got their eyes on him now. Yeah. You're not going to get away with something like that again. Yeah. Not at all. So uh, he's got to keep his eye out, but uh, I mean, that, that, that was the biggest story from this, this game against Boston was that that's how, that's how little the abs created. And uh, I, I mean, I'm taking positives out of that. You, you do know, I mean, it even confirms more that Darcy Kemper is that dude and he can steal it for you. Um, if you can give him any semblance of goal support, he can steal you a game. Yeah, so. absolutely. I mean, he started this game off incredibly. I'd argue it was one of his best periods of the season, that first period yeah. against Boston, where they they just lit us up for 21 shots in the first period. And the only goal that beat him was the Pasternak one where it just – the puck bounced right to him. Like, yeah. What do you want him to do on that play? There's nothing he can do. Absolutely nothing. I mean, the Bruins did what the abs do to a ton of teams and that's, and that's just take advantage and jump on them early in the first period. So I thought we were going to get lucky and get a, uh, another abs stolen win, but I mean, it just wasn't in the cards that day. It's weird because I think me and you were texting about it during the game. It's like, we've become so accustomed to this team coming back and just battling back from anything that when they lose, you're kind of like, Oh wait, that's right. That's what most teams do in these yeah, that's situations. What they don't most, back. Yeah. That's what happens to most teams is that when they go down and are having a bad game, they lose. And yeah. a lot of times this season, we have gotten away with it quite a bit. Just not tonight. We should also mention Bruins got a lot of bounces in this game too. Oh, yeah. It was, it was a mixture of everything. It was something they mentioned a lot on the broadcast. The Bruins have a lengthy road stretch coming up where they're going to be playing a ton of road games. This was their last home game for a while. They hadn't played particularly well recently. They've been struggling and they were due for a game where they came out and just played incredibly. Yeah. Their road stretch right now is they have six away games after this game against the avalanche. This was their, and they had, four road games away from that. So this was their only home game of, of a 10 game stretch. And they hadn't played well before that they were due for a great game and we were due for a clunker. And that's exactly what happened. And they got the bounces too. And Jeremy Swayman played really well. Yeah. I mean, it, it was the bounces went their way, but they, they earned those bounces. Yeah. I mean, there was, if the abs would have won that game, I would have been like that. It's the luckiest fucking win of all time. Yeah. There was, uh, we did not belong in this game for a second. And it's, it's the end of a, you're coming off the end of a road trip. And like we'll get to with the Red Wings game, I mean, you look at this road trip as a whole, it's three and one. Like that, that's a good road complete, trip. Complete success. Yeah. 
Like that's all you can hope for on the road is to win three or four games. So um, you took care of business against the teams you should have beaten and you lost to the one team that was a toss up. That's how I look at this road trip. Yeah. I mean, the road road trip starts out with a perfect two, nothing win in Vegas. You have two 11 AM matinees that just seems like they threw off their schedule. They played a ton of late games and all of a sudden they get up to play at 11 AM on the East coast. And also it's freezing. I mean, the, Buff- the Buffalo game was not good. We got away with one in that game, too. Yeah. If we were playing a better team than Buffalo, like Boston, we would have lost that game. Then we go out, and then we play a better team like Boston, and they they clobbered us. It was yep. not close. But that's yep. also the thing. When was the last time we talked about getting clobbered? Toronto. Not for a long time. We've not been spoiled. a long time. We, we've been so spoiled with this team all year. Um, but you forget what it's like to be a fan of a normal team. I mean, even good teams like the Maple Leafs right now. Like they've lost two in a row and have looked like absolute dog shit. Really? I can't remember the last time the abs had that. They've lost three of four. The Maple Leafs have, and they, so, they lost to the Montreal Canadians and the blue jackets. The last two teams to eliminate them from the playoffs. Like that's how spoiled we are. Like that. We, we talk about one loss and it's like, ah, oh, man, like I mean, this is the end of the fucking world. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the main point of this conversation is like, it's one loss. And here we are talking about it this much because so much of a big deal was made out of it. Because there's a certain portion of this fan base and a large portion of other fan bases that just wait for this team to lose. And they generally have to wait a long time because we don't lose that often. And when we finally do lose, they get every shot in that they can because they don't know when they're going to be able to use these jokes again. Because It's hard to make them after we win. And they're all bringing up, oh, this team can't get out of the second round. And like I said earlier, this team can't beat good teams or physical teams like I don't know where these narratives came from. They blow my mind. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? We, neither of those things are true and neither have they ever been true. Like it cracks me up. We're, we're talking about We're 51 games into the season. It, it, it took 50 games for the absolute 10th game of the year. Like that's, that's ridiculous. And that's after we went 500 to start the year. Yeah. Like, After we had a bad start to the season, it still took to game 50 to lose 10 games. It's unbelievable how good this team is. And just it just goes to show that no matter what, if you don't win, or like even that you can't win the cup in February. As long yeah. as it's not a Stanley Cup, a lot of people won't care. Even then, winning a Stanley Cup is enough. You have to win five of them in order for people to be like, yeah, well, someone did it better. Yeah, they did it better. The Blackhawks were better. Blah, yeah, blah, the Blackhawks were better. Oh, they won three and five. Oh, Tampa Bay won it back to back. Why can't we do it? Like it's ne- it's never going to be enough. So my general message is just one loss is meaningless. The regular season as a whole is meaningless. You can't get out of the second round. You can't win the Stanley Cup in February. Just enjoy it, the team. They're not going to win every single game. And it's also like I talked about with the stream. This this idea of the second round being a roadblock for this team drives me crazy because it doesn't even make sense. I get where the narrative comes from, but that's only if you look at it at a baseline level and ignore literally everything else. If you if you literally just look at Wikipedia and block out everything but lost in second round. Yeah, you know, maybe there's a case to be made there. When you actually look at it for more than three seconds, you will see that this narrative is utter horseshit and is completely made up. We Okay, we've lost three years in a row in the second round. Christian, what trivia did I tell you on stream today? 
the only team to make it to the second round the past like three years was the uh, Islanders. Yeah, us and the Islanders are the only two teams to make the second round for each of the last three straight seasons, including the one before the bubble, the bubble, and the division playoff last year. And then you look at those second round losses. Are we really going to count that first one as a this team can't get out of the second round after we shit stomped the number one team in the West in five games after losing game one and winning four straight, then pushing that series to seven where you didn't have your captain in the game seven and you also didn't, didn't have your even, top two goalies. Yeah, you didn't have your top two goalies at that point. We didn't even have Grubauer at this point yet. And for the bubble? No, for Sharks. Oh, you're talking the Sharks. Sorry. Yeah, see, exactly. I'll get to the freaking bubble yeah. next because it's even there's still reasons for that one too. But you get to the second round as an eight seed and lose in seven to one of the top teams in the West in a one goal game, controversial loss at that. And that gets counted in this narrative, this curse that this team can't get out of the second round. And like you mentioned, lost both of our goalies against Dallas where you lose Grubauer in one, you lose Franzos in two, you're relying on Michael Hutchinson to carry you the rest of the way. You still push that series to seven after being down three to one. You're winning in that game, and it takes Yoel Kiviranta scoring the first hat trick in a game seven since Wayne Gretzky to beat you. The whole, the whole situation is insane. And how I don't know how you can look at that. The whole bubble situation, first of all, the bubble in Edmonton, because of the pandemic that's going on. Also, it's August, and also you can't see your family. That whole situation was entirely a fluke. And, you know, good for Dallas. They won and went to the Stanley Cup final. That can't be taken away from them. But you can't really draw conclusions on this team based off of that. And you look at next year, obviously, against Vegas, where people draw this narrative from this team can't get it done in the second round and can't beat physical teams. Vegas tied us for the president's trophy race that season they were our equal every step and we played like shit in four straight games against them five straight games even if you count game two the one that we won it was a bad time to play poorly and we played right into their gameplay and where did this come from that vegas was like overly physical with us they they ran circles around us they ran up and down the ice they pressured us every time we had the puck they didn't out physical us the Blues tried to out-physical us in the first round. How did that work out for them? We killed them. Like, yeah. we don't struggle against physical teams. We played our equal in a matchup that should have been in the third round of the normal season and lost fair and square. There's no, there's no second-round curse here. I'm going off on this tangent again like I do once a month, but, like, because I just don't understand where it came from. I don't either. It's just, I mean... When you lose in the playoffs, team people only pay attention to those losses. They don't care about the circumstances because it. I mean, even though it is circumstances, and we see it as circumstances, um, it, to non-biased fans, it's a loss in the playoff series. So that's how they see it. They see the core has been together for all of those playoffs, and um, I mean, it's going to be something that until they beat and make it out of the second round, it's going to be something that will always come up. So. This is the best year to do it, I think. This is their best chance to make it to a conference final and even a cup final. This team is loaded, and they're they're going to add more as it goes along. But there's really no excuse this year if you don't make it past the second round. There's none. And if we don't do it, it's not because of anything in this game. It's not because of some underlying thing 
that took place in this Boston game in game 50 in the middle of February. There's no need to look for Marc-Andre Fleury in net or wonder if Jared Bednar is the guy or if we need to start reconstructing this team. We can worry about that if it actually happens. If we do lose in the first or second round and it's for like a legitimate fundamental reason, then we can have that conversation. But there's no point in having this conversation when we're the top team in the NHL before we've even added anything at the trade deadline. And by all metrics, have the experience we need to go far and have all the talent that we need. Like, I I just don't get being this negative. And I get a lot of you aren't. I'm not talking to you and the abs fan base as being this overly negative thing. I just, there's always this black cloud on these losses sometimes that I just don't understand. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a spoiled fan base. We are spoiled. Our team's really good. They've been good for four or five years now. Um, So it's when losses happen, it's a big deal to certain people. But for me, like, like we're talking about this game, I, like we lost. I, I really have nothing else to say. We just lost yeah. that game. We like, lost fair and square. We had a bad game, which is not something we say too often. We had yeah. a bad game. I, mean, I, I even thought our top line wasn't bad, but they still just got outperformed by David Posternock and Bergeron and Taylor yeah. Hall. They yeah, had they an did. outstanding game. They Jeremy did. They Swayman, played great. Yeah. Swayman had an outstanding game. Kemper had a, a, a good game. He played very well in the first period and just the dam broke after a little while because we didn't give him any support. Jeremy Swayman out, outdo them. It happens. It's going to happen again, you know, not, not to freak anyone out here, but another loss like this is going to happen before the end of the season. So let's be be prepared for it this time. It's going to happen. So we just got to, we just got to prepare for it and not freak out. Um, If we lose, I mean, even if we lose a game like this in the playoffs, I mean, it, it, it could happen potentially in the playoffs. Like it's just, yeah, it's just the way hockey is. Hockey is a very fluky sport. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's all about bounces. Even then, Boston got a ton of bounces in this game. They made their own luck, I know, but they still got bounces. And there's, yeah, like you said, there's going to be a game in the playoffs where this happens. I I can rewind it back to the Cap Stanley Cup run from my experiences. There were multiple games like this in the playoffs. Against Tampa Bay, there were multiple games where they blew us out of the building. We still came back to win that series. It's all about how you bounce back. And that's exactly what we did. In Detroit. transition there, man. That was great. Well executed. <laughs> That's exactly what we did in Detroit. Regulation loss, something that doesn't happen to this team all that often. And outside of the first four games of the season, every single time this team has lost in regulation, they bounce back and win the next night. Every single time. Even, the, even our last one against Dallas, we beat Vegas 2-0. We lose 5-1 to Boston. We go to Detroit the next night, who's not a joke anymore. This is a good team that you have to take seriously. And as we saw at certain points in this game, you had to take them seriously. We got out of there with a, a very impressive 5-2 win. Yeah, it was a big win. And uh, the underlying story in that one, too, no Nathan McKinnon in this game. Um, and they have still, they still found a way to win. Miko Ranton and Gabriel Landeskog were monsters tonight. Um I think Gabe had two goals. Miko had two assists. Makar had a couple points too. Like all the big boys showed up in this game. And something that Coach Bednar had been talking about uh, repeatedly in these past couple of days is he needs the secondary scoring to step up. And you talked about on the stream, this is the most noticeable that Logan O'Connor has been in a game in what seems like a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's been, it's been a while for Logan O'Connor in terms of having any spark offensively. And 
Bednar has called out a lot of the the bottom six for their lack of offensive production. He he said they've been fine defensively, but they need it at the other end of the ice too. And early in this game, I mean, let's let's not brush past Nathan McKinnon too early. There's nothing to panic about here in case anyone hasn't seen yet. That he's had a lingering thing that's been bothering him for a while. We got a brutal stretch coming up of a ton of road games and not a lot of rest. So there's it's not much point in playing him in this one when we have two huge central games coming up over the weekend. Yeah, there's no need. Coach Bednar says it's very, very minor. Um, so he'll be back. I would anticipate him. He's back on Friday against Winnipeg. Like, yeah. Not surprised. I mean, maybe he sits out that one too and they save him for Vegas. That's quite possible too. Yeah, maybe so. But, and but, I mean, even if he missed every single game for the rest of the regular season, you know, might be a hot take. I don't even think I'd be that bothered by it. Not, no. not, I'm not even talking like LT. I'm not making a joke about like LTIR and Mark Stone and everything. I mean, like in the regular, we're going to make the playoffs. I said on stream, what was it? If we win eight of our last like 33 games, we still have like a, a 60% chance to make the playoffs. Yeah. We have like 94 points or something crazy. Like I, before I just go off and saying that, I should it was something like that. First, but but it, it's, it's ridiculous. This team is, this team is, is really good. They're still going to hit a hundred points pretty easily. Yeah. Without uh, a problem. Because they're already at what 73, 74, 78 now. Yeah. So 78, yes. So I mean, I'll, this team is good. We don't need to freak out, but they, they can lose a lot of games and still be just fine. Yeah. Like if if we win eight of our final 31 games, we have a 91% chance to make the playoffs. So That's pretty good. if Nathan McKinnon has to miss time, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but if there is an a case where he does get healthy for the playoffs, man. Like yeah. that's really all that matters here. We're in, we're going to make the playoffs. Like I'm not even too concerned about winning the division. If it comes to that, even though we have a freaking 10 point lead on Minnesota, we're going to win it anyway. But is my it, overall point is, yeah, yeah, I think it is actually. Yeah. I think you're right. I think it's 12 now, 13, so, 13 now. And they've got three games in hand, but they lost to Ottawa. So it's not guaranteed. They're going to win all right. those games. E- Going back to the Boston game, doesn't even hurt us at all. We lost to an Eastern Conference team, and our biggest competition lost to the Sens the next night. Totally cancels it out entirely. But getting back on track, not that McKinnon is going to miss time, but I am not bothered at all by him having to miss time to, to heal up an injury, not even yeah. a little bit. And he's probably going to be back, like you said, against Winnipeg. Yeah, he'll probably be back, and it was a good time to sit him. There's no need to rush someone back, especially if they're aching. Um because I think Bednar's learned like they don't care about the president's trophy. They care about number one seed in the Western conference through the playoffs and they'll be just fine. That's all he really cares about winning the division and all the stuff that comes along with it. But um, he's been, he, he's been hurt a lot this year. I feel like he's missed what? 10 games. Oh, a lot it's, more than that. Yeah, he's missed, he's yeah. missed a lot of games. So, and the team's been fine without him. So in uh, evident tonight. I mean, he wasn't there, but the top line was still really fucking good. Uh, Andre Burakovsky had a fantastic game, even though he's still uh, cursed right now. God, that uh, poor fucking guy. He can't yeah. catch a break right now at all. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360-style windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 
on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. Just $1 on any team of your choice, any game of your choice, and you have the opportunity for $150 in free bets. Bets. And if DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday every day with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Lineups, which is something that I personally do just about every day with the NHL. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest, and if you're like me, Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest, you can play for as little as a dime or for as much as you want. It's all up to you. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit as well. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 20 or older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the Tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 8879-777 or visit ccpg.org chat. In New York, call 877-APE-HOPE-NY or call HOPE-NY-467-369. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, he can't, he can't score a goal, but he played a really damn good game and he's put himself in the right positions. A goal's coming for him. He, a goal yeah. is coming for Berkey. So I think no need to fear. I think he's just lost all confidence in his shot, honestly. He hasn't scored in forever. You could see it on the empty net attempt. It just it flicked on him right at the last yeah. second. It's just he can't get anything right now. But we're both under the same agreement. When he gets that first one, he's going to go on a run. Yeah. Once he gets it, he's going to start scoring again. Yeah. He 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 could realistically still finish like over 20, maybe even 25. Because yeah. that's the kind of player he is that he is pure hot and cold. And as long as he's scoring in the playoffs. That's all I care about. Yeah. But he's been, he was really good tonight. He was very noticeable. He had one turnover on the power play. But other than that, I thought he was really good. Yeah. The goals are going to come for him. And we've talked about on the show before, he sometimes turtles when he plays on the top line. I thought this was the best game he's played as a member of the top line. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he played almost 19 minutes tonight, only behind Kadri in terms of time on ice for forwards. Bednar certainly sees something in his play and is giving him an opportunity to break this slump. It's not like he's playing poorly and turning pucks over. And we'll talk about it once we get into the, the, the flow of the game, but he set up Val beautifully on that fourth goal to put us up four to one. It was an amazing pass off the boards to set up Val. Yeah, it was an amazing pass. And he, he was very noticeable tonight. I thought Berkey played his best game in a while. Um, so that was big for him. We already talked about Landy with his two goals, the empty netter. Uh, that first goal he scored, that was just a good hard-working goal. Like, that was, that was just hard work by that top line. And it was Darren Helm who set it up, actually, in his return to Detroit. He had a point. Yeah, uh, first game back in Detroit, he sets up Kale McCarr, who drives the cage, and Gabe Landeskog cleans it up in front just a minute and 12 in to make it one to nothing. I mean, Detroit in this first period, it was very strange. It, it, they kind of looked like we did against Boston where they just they didn't really have much pushback to us. No, they didn't. The Avs dominated that first period. Dominated that first period. Um, I just saw a stat on the ESPN ticker that I found interesting. The Avs are the only team in the NHL with four players at 50 points. So 
that's pretty cool. Um, but uh, yeah, that first period, the abs completely dominated. I, I, I thought the game was going to be a blowout. I really did. Uh, just judging off that first period because Landy scores up to go one, nothing. And then Tyson Jones was probably like three or four minutes later. It was, it was a little, it was a little bit later. It was more than halfway yeah. through the first. I mean, it, it went by so quickly. It feels that yeah, way. it's true. But he Tyson Jost gets another hardworking goal. Um, the, Logan O'Connor could have scored it. Tyson Jost ended up scoring it, but um, it was a great pass by Newhook. And the Avs were up two nothing, and life seemed to be going real smooth. Uh, and then in the second period, the Detroit Red Wings we remembered that oh shit, there's a hockey game that started, and we need to. Uh, win this hockey game if we want to even have a chance at the playoffs yeah I mean they really turned it on in that second period it seems like we kind of let our foot off the gas there for a little bit there was a point in time in the the second period was what 13 to 5 and shots for Detroit and they were dominated the second period yeah they had power plays they had plenty of zone time it it took a lot longer than it probably should have for them to get on the board with the the Phillips Adina rebound I mean Maurice Sider is just such a we talked about this on the stream too. He's going to win the Calder. He's the best rookie in the league right now. And I, I really don't even think it's that close. He's so good. Yeah, he's really good. I like him. I like Lucas Raymond. Phil Zadina's young. He's struggling a little bit. Dylan Larkin, the Red Wings, as much as it pains me to say, they're going to be a good team in the future. And they showed that in this first period or second period, excuse me, um, how good they could potentially be. So I was impressed with Detroit. They closed the gap two to one was Zadina's goal, but then the Avs kind of remembered, oh, yeah, we're the Colorado Avalanche. And they kind of took over the last, like, six, seven minutes of that second period. Yeah. Um, they kind of, It's like I said before we started talking about this. You realize you have to take the Red Wings seriously because yeah. now their talent has started developing. They're a lot more skilled now, and they try very hard. For them, this is a meaningful game if they want, like you said, any chance to make the playoffs. And they push real hard in this, and then – we realized we had to take them seriously. And then we started to, we had a nice little power play after that and started Nazem looking Kadri. pretty good. Yep. And Nazem Kadri ended up scoring with about two minutes left in the period after we finally took control for a little bit and got the, the period evened up in shots in terms of flow and everything. And after that, I, I felt pretty good. Yeah. It was three, one. And then in the third period, the abs really, uh, Abs really took over in that third period to start. I was worried that the Red Wings were going to come out with uh, a little bit of oomph, but the Abs came out with more oomph. And we already alluded to the uh, Berkey pass to set up Val Nachushkin, and we were up 4-1 before we blinked our eyes. And it was it was pretty much – I felt pretty comfortable after that. Yeah. I mean, as well as Detroit was playing in the second period, even if they did that again, they weren't going to score three straight goals and tie yeah. this game. They're like, it's like someone in our chat said, they're just not there yet. Maybe in a couple of years they will be, but yeah, they, they didn't come close. I mean, they did score on a, a lucky bounce. I mean, it, it was, it, it was earned, but that puck bounced right up to Von Tave's skate right to, uh, was it Fabry? Yeah, yeah Robbie Fabry. I mean, it was a power play goal. He got kind of loose, like on the, the side of the crease, shot one into Taze's skates, goes off of Taze's skate and right back to him, then shoots it. It hits Frankie's skate and just bounces right into the net. I mean, there's not a ton anyone can really do on that. I, I said live, like, oh, that's a bad read. Watching it again, the, whose guy was that even supposed to be? We're down a guy. Like, there's going to be someone free. It's the guy on the side of the net who just got a bit of a lucky bounce. Yeah, it, it was a lucky bounce, and it was 4-2, and even after that point, the Avs buckled down, and um, 
I can't remember another. There were a couple chances. I mean, Frankie, we we should talk about. Frankie was really good tonight. Um, a bounce back from that Dallas game where he was not very good. Um, but he, he was pretty good tonight. Um, I, I thought his rebound control wasn't the best tonight. And his post, like how he was playing post to post didn't look great. Looked a little unorthodox, but nothing crazy happened. I thought he played really well. Uh, Landy get the empty netter to put it away. We talked about with Berkey. Berkey was so close to getting that empty netter. Like it was literally a millimeter off. Literally but, just yeah. rang it off the post. He had, he had an extra second to set it up. He fired it too quickly. And uh, it just looked like there was like a weird flick of his wrist that just threw it so ever so slightly off yeah. course to hit that post. I mean, you, you got a feel for him at this point. He is working hard and you can see it, but he just, he doesn't have confidence in his shot anymore. I mean, you could see it on, on the power play a little bit too. He would try to cut to the middle. The second someone got on him, he would immediately pull back and look for a pass. Like he's a very confidence-driven player. He's he has been his entire career. Once once he finds that shot again, he is going to start scoring. But but right now, is even then tonight, as good as he played, he only had one shot on goal. Yeah, it's kind of been a pattern with him recently. I I feel like Bednar needs to just sit him down and be like, dude, shoot. You're a sniper. Shoot the puck. Eventually, you're going to get something. You're not going to break a slump if you're looking for the perfect shot every time or looking for the perfect pass. You got to just break it down to its fundamentals and shoot. Because you look at the last four games combined, he has two shots. He had a goose egg against Boston. He had one against Buffalo and zero against Vegas. And only one again tonight in nearly 19 minutes. Like, you got to shoot it, man. You got to shoot it. He, he will. I mean, but I'm encouraged by the way he's been playing. I, I've been really encouraged by the way he's playing. So it's coming for him. Um, I, I want to freak out about his play, but he'll be fine. But yeah. And, I, and I'm not freaking out or anything. It's just, yeah. he knows what he has to do. And he's just, he doesn't have the confidence for it right now. And he's going to get it back. It's just, it's a very frustrating slump. Yeah. And he'll, I once, like we talked about, once he gets it going, it's going to be very quickly, uh, very quickly he's going to pile up the goals, just like Nathan McKinnon kind of has, because McKinnon scored in three of his past four games. So, I mean, once he gets going, Berkey's going to get going too. So uh, that wraps up the Detroit game. It was 5-2, and they have back in their winning ways, come back home to face uh, the Jets on Friday. Um, That'll be a fun one, and then we got Vegas on Saturday. So we got it doesn't get easier for the Avs, that's for damn sure. No, it does not. Not whatsoever. Like you said, Winnipeg on Friday at home, then he hit the road immediately to play Vegas the next night. And Vegas plays Arizona the night before, I believe. So, I mean, it's not really equal in terms of competition for the back-to-back, but they will be on one for whatever that's worth. It should be fun. It's going to be a fun one. I'm looking forward to it. But uh, I know we wanted to wrap the show with something that we had been putting off because it seemed so far away. But Every day it's getting closer and closer, and that's the trade deadline. Yeah, um, like I don't know what happened. Like we've been talking about on the shows, like, oh, it's still kind of far away, but it's at the point where you start talking about it's less than a month away all of a sudden. Like yeah. we, we blinked and all of a sudden, like, oh god, it's there might be a trade happening sooner than we think. And there's been some trades already. Toronto's made most of them with the the Ilya Labushkin trade, who I was potentially interested in for us, but I don't know. All this has kind of come up pretty quickly. And yeah. Claude Giroux, there's been it's been pretty quiet for Giroux lately. If there's a Giroux trade, 
I don't think it's going to happen until probably like the deadline because he plays his thousandth game. I think it's like four days before yeah. the deadline. And he's he's not going to want to play it in Colorado when he's been in Philly his entire career. They're going to respect that wish, and he's going to leave if he does want to get traded even after that. I mean, I, I think he uh, everything I've read, it sounds like he he is kind of banking on a trade. I just I don't know until it happens. Like I, I won't believe he's been traded until it actually happens. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah, no, I see what you mean. And the, there was one thing that I talked about with Peter, like when we had Peter on for the show, while you were uh, getting home and setting up, me and Peter were just shooting the shit and talking. And one thing I wish I pressed him more on on the show was that. He said, if Claude Giroux doesn't make it clear he wants to go to the avalanche, odds are we're probably not going to get him. Because if there's a bidding war for Claude Giroux, we simply do not have the assets to win it. Nope. Unless we unless we're putting out a premium one like a Justin Barron. Because if he's, if he's like, yeah, well, send me to Florida, Colorado, Minnesota, and whoever else. We don't have our first this season. We already traded it for Kemper. And... A team like Minnesota does, a team like Florida does, and not that that's like obviously the big thing in a trade, but it helps them a lot. And are we willing to put our next year's first on the block already and not have a first for, for two drafts after that? Maybe. I don't know. But are you also willing to to throw a Justin Barron down there? I wouldn't. You yeah. want to throw a Sampo Ranta? Is even that attractive in a trade? Drew Hellison? Like, I don't know. It. If Giroux wants to come here, there will be a way to pull it off. But if it comes down to a bidding war, it's going to be hard to win it at all. There's no way. And just going off Giroux, if he does want to be traded, which I'm assuming if there's smoke, there's fire. You know right. I mean? There's been so much smoke with it that it's it's really the abs. Um, I've heard Florida. I, I mean, as long as he doesn't go to Minnesota – yeah. or St. Louis, I, I could care less where he goes. Honestly, that's, like, that's the only favorite. thing that scares me. That's one of my big things is it's it's really important to keep him out of Minnesota's hands. If it's if Minnesota honestly, gets him, that's, that's scary for me. That's Minnesota. a big that's honestly a big problem if they do, because now not only are you not getting better by getting Drew, your direct competition is getting better. I feel like it's worth paying the extra assets to prevent that. Yeah, it would be. And they could use Minnesota as leverage to get more. Yeah. Uh, so I'm interested to see what happens. I mean, the other name that we were talking about. Cause like, let's say that fucking Quadru wants to go to Minnesota. I mean, the name that the ads have been rumored with is Cal Clutterbuck. I mean, there's no comparison between those two. Yeah. Very, very, very different tiers of deadline acquisitions. And this comes from Joe Sackick was at the Islanders and Montreal game. And the rumor was that the abs are in on Cal Clutterbuck. And the rumor that's come out since is like, well, it's not specifically Clutterbuck. It's he was just scouting both teams. The thing with Clutterbuck is he makes three and a half. The Islanders would retain half and make that 1.75. Is Cal Clutterbuck really better than Darren Helm, even? Like what like you okay, so you trade for Cal Clutterbuck. What changed? Nothing. You yeah. you add more of the bumps, and he's not a scoring fourth liner. No. Like, and that's what this team needs is scoring on the fourth line. So I, if they make that trade, awesome. If they don't, awesome. Like I, I, I could care less. Like that, that, that's not a move the needle trade for me. No, it's uh, not even close to my. Like I see Cal Clutterbuck as a slightly worse but far more physical version of Darren Helm. 
if that yeah. makes sense. And maybe that's a good thing, you know, add a little more snarl to that bottom six, not a bad thing come playoff time. Imagine stepping on the ice and it's Curtis McDermott and Cal Clutterbuck out there. I can't imagine that would be any fun to go up against. Maybe there's some value to that, but in terms of defense and offense, he doesn't bring a ton to the table. He never really has, but he's he's also gotten older now. Yeah. He's a glue guy. I mean, he's, he's better five on five defensively than Darren Helm, but that's about the only thing he's better than Darren Helm at. statistically if you're looking at analytically so i mean i I don't know if if you lose out on Giroux, i I don't really know if there's anyone else i mean we can talk about the news that broke well right before we're about to record was it chris johnson who broke it or who was it? no it was uh it was ryan strickland i believe saying that uh the predators are act or it's i'm not ryan strickland it's andrew strickland i'm sorry it's saying hearing the preds are actively shopping superstar philip Forsberg, which I found very interesting. My immediate reaction to that is, well, he's not coming here. If he is at all being traded, they're not trading him to the avalanche. No. Uh, why would they do that? That'd but be hilarious if they did, but they won't. I and found, that's- just found that report interesting because the Predators are currently in the playoffs and they've been in the playoffs for most of the season. Are they willing to pull shoot here and be like, yep, this team's not going to win. We might as well see what we can do here for the future. I think that's what, I mean, that's the smart thing to do. I agree, but I usually don't see GMs do that. No, I mean, they're usually, I mean, I think that GM in Nashville knows that he's not getting fired. Yeah. Well, Poyle is literally the guy who's built this entire team. He's not getting fired till he retires. So I, I think it's, it's one of those things that's definitely interesting, but Whoever gets Forsberg is getting a hell of a player. He is playing fantastic this year. That one I see more as a fit for Florida than I do Giroux. Yeah, I I think I would agree. I don't, I don't even, not to put into question Andy Strickland's reporting or anything, but that just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Like It doesn't, but it also, if he's not resign, maybe he's saying he's not going to resign there. May, I, may, if that's the case, then yeah, then it they wouldn't make sense there. But right. this just kind of seemed like it came out of left field, didn't it? I mean, this yeah. we, we finished the stream, and this was five minutes before we hopped on here, so we barely even had any time to think about this. But yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. Like, I I'm not surprised by it because if he's not willing to resign there, you got to get something for him. Yeah, and, and this, you, this team's not winning a Stanley Cup. I think that everyone there knows that. That unless they get UC Soros at a 960 in the playoffs, which I guess you could if you make the playoffs, you have a chance. Extremely possible. Extremely possible. All you have to do is make the playoffs, and you have a shot. But like, are you willing to to bank your future on that? I mean, yeah, I, I don't know because we thought last year they were going to sell and they didn't sell because um, of UC Soros. I, yeah, I mean, and they they resigned at home. But I mean, right now it kind of makes sense. They're going through. They've lost four or five. They had a big win against Florida last or two nights ago. By the time you're listening to this, but it's. I don't know. I I still don't think this team's. They're falling back into the wild card race. They're not going to finish in the top three, by the way. Minnesota and St. Louis have been playing. I, I, kind of like we called it, they were going to be in the wild card race till the end, and now they're even like it looked like they were comfortably going to be in the wild card. It doesn't even look like it's going to be comfortable anymore. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're slowly slipping back down there. I mean, Dallas just won today against uh, Winnipeg and OT. They're only four points behind with a game in hand. Uh, you look at Edmonton and LA, both at 59 points. The Kings are tied at two with the Coyotes right now as we're recording. They're only three points behind for the wild card. Anaheim's at 59 points too. 
it's not as comfortable as it would seem at the moment. No. I mean, all it took was one five, four and one stretch for them to slowly drop back down to earth. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess you're right. I guess there's got to be something about Forsberg's just not getting the money that he wants and is yeah. hesitant about re-signing. And I but guess if he's available. That's uh, I would argue him and Drew are one and one B. Like they're both like the, Forsberg's having a resurgent year, and Drew is Drew. But whatever team gets Forsberg is going to be if he gets traded is going to be very very happy with him, um, because he is a sniper of snipers and. Um, that that's an interesting one. I, I'm interested to see what happens. There's no chance now that the abs are in on Forsberg. That'd be cool if they were, but I mean, I would certainly love it, but we're right now we're talking about the predators as it stands are our most likely first round matchup. Yeah. So I don't think they'd be like, Oh yeah, sure. You can have Forsberg. Yeah. Trade us him and we'll, we'll give him. That'd be a funny wild circle moment. If they traded Gerard for him, I know it's not going to happen, but yeah, if it's not going to happen, but would still but, be very funny would be funny, but I mean, the trade deadline, it's going to be hot. I, I imagine we're going to have to record some emergency podcasts when we get closer to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's going to be a crazy day. And it sounds like, I, I think this is the year more than any that the abs are going to be big game hunters. I, I really do. Cause you're, you're running out of time here. When, when you go back three years ago or two years ago, when the Taylor hall rumors were big and the abs were supposedly in on him, that team wasn't there quite yet. Like you still had those couple years with McKinnon and his lower contract. We're getting down to it now. We're talking, you got two more years before McKinnon's back in free agency. So um, I, I think this is the year they go big game hunting and you can only accumulate so many prospects. Like I love sample Ronto. I think he's going to be a great NHL player. I think Justin Perrin's going to be a really good defensive player, but, but at what point are they actually going to crack the lineup? Right. You know Especially I mean? like you look at a, a Drew Hellison, like when is Drew Hellison going to come into this team and make a difference? Yeah. I mean, Long you got Drew Hellison. You've got um, why am I blanket? I mean, Bo Byram. Um, hopefully, we'll be back. I mean, there's there's no. You can find other players for that. You have your core, um, and I'm interested to see. I think this is the first time they go big game hunting um, and go after some of these big superstars and actually take chances on the rentals. Um, yeah, because I mean, it's it's not that they're running out of time. It's just that you can't ever guarantee the future. You yeah. can't you can't guarantee that next year's team will be as good as this one. You just can't. You have your entire second line expiring. You have both your goalies expiring. You you can't guarantee anything. And then, like you said, after next season, you have McKinnon, who's going to get his next contract. He's he's going to get extended this summer, so we're going to know what that number is at least going into next season. But it's not going to be tiny. And it's on the low get, end. It's, on the low end, it's ten million. On, on the on, I'd argue on the low end, it's twelve million. I'm, I'm saying he's going to probably get more than Matthews and come close to McDavid, if if not more, because of the salary cap gone up since those two contracts. Yeah. And but, then it, it's only going to get harder to ice a team around him. And your, your window may be not closed, but a little tighter. You're talking in two years, too, Devon Taves contracts up, too, yeah. and he's going to command a big paycheck. So yeah. th- this these are the two years you have to you, – you've built it. You've done a great job with your core. You need to take the chances. Um, yeah. I, but like you said, we don't really have too much in our ammo box to trade unless I mean, we're willing to part with Justin Barron, Oscar Olison, players like that. Yeah, and like and that's the thing. We do have the ammo. It's just, is it worth spending it? You yeah. know, and we'll see. I mean, I'm, 
the only untouchable to me is Alex Newhook. Any any trade that starts with Alex Newhook for a rental, 1,000% off the table. Absolutely Agreed. not. No, no way. I mean, even then, number two would be Barron. But even then, like, for a maybe not for a rental, but if you find a deal with term on it, then I'd be willing to entertain. Like, for 20 games of Claude Giroux, as great as Giroux is, and a potential playoff run, that's a lot to give up. That's yeah. a bright future. It really is. I mean, it's, I think Newhook's the only untouchable. And I'd, I'd probably say because of circumstances and just everything that's going on outside of his control, I, I think Bowen Byram's untouchable too. Yeah. I mean, no one's going to want to trade for him right now. And we wouldn't yeah. want to trade him because his value's never been lower. Yeah. So I, I'd say he's untouchable too. Those are the, of the young guns, those are the only two untouchables. Right. But yeah. And we'll see where it all goes. I mean, there's been there was a report from Jeff Merrick that the stars, you know, they want to talk contract with Joe Pavelski and probably sign him before the deadline. Well, I find that inconvenient to my narrative of Pavelski to the avalanche. So I will be ignoring it. And Joe Pavelski to the avalanche is still on, whether it's at the trade deadline or in free agency, because I don't care what the, the sources say. <laughs> it's inconvenient to me and my feelings. So I don't care. That's fair, man. I, the worst thing that happened was the Stars started winning. Right? Fuck so, those guys. Yeah. Even though they're still going to be in a fight for the playoffs, I mean, that team is still... I mean, you can still make the argument that they should. They yeah, should. Their GM's on the hot seat. He needs to He needs to win some games, make the playoffs, so he can save his job. So. I mean, like... But if they make the playoffs, they're a wild card team going up against Colorado, Calgary, or Vegas in the first yeah. round. Are they beating any of them? Yeah. Anything can happen, I guess. But in the second round, are you going to do it twice? Like, anything yeah. can happen, I guess. Are you willing to, to bank your entire future and sign Pavelski to term when he's 38 rather than just get the stupid draft picks and build around Robertson, Hintz, and Heiskinen? That would make too much sense. I think Klingberg still may get moved. He might. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know. The stars are confusing because it would almost make sense if you could, like if you could trade a Tyler Sagan and get off that contract, like that would make sense, but yeah. they are going to do that because no one wants to trade for his contract. It's like we talked about with Nashville and pulling the shoot, even if they're in the fight for the playoffs, I feel like it even makes more sense for Dallas because they do have a good young team. Yeah. And I, don't, I just feel like it wouldn't be a bad idea for them to get a little younger. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. See, I agree with you. You're not wrong. Trust yeah. me. So oh. to my point, I will be ignoring all talks of Pavelski reciting with the stars and not getting traded because it is inconvenient to me. So I am biased and I push narratives and I don't care. <laughs> We're biased. We admit it. It's I'm, not pushing, I'm pushing a narrative. Stop me. Like yeah. do something about it. Yeah. Oh, that will, bro. <laughs> Our trolls could find that out, man. Oh, so. no. They're going to tweet at me. Yeah, they'll tweet at you. But we had, the, I'm interested to see. It's going to be a fun next month. I guess yeah. going to be fun. I and the, I think deadline day itself is going to be kind of bland because I think GMs have learned that you can space this out over a, a month. Really? Yeah. Doesn't, it doesn't make it's probably It's better to do it earlier. The faster they get acclimated with your team, the better they'll I mean, be. Look at the Tyler Toffoli. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't even touch on that last episode. Yeah. We go into to Calgary making them even better and Calgary winning 10 in a row, even. Yeah, they're showing uh, they're showing hockey highlights on SportsCenter. It's kind of crazy, and it's wow. the Abs leading it. Let's go, baby! Oh wow! 
saying President's Trophy race. President's Trophy race. That's such an ESPN thing because no one yeah. in hockey cares about that. Nope. It's like the most cursed thing to actually win. I, th- I, th- I, President's Trophy winner has to be due at some point to win. Yep. At I some agree. point, even, even if it's a curse, at some point, one of them has to win. I, th- this is my theory. We've had three straight years of crazy playoffs. You, you can argue four because of the Golden Knights and the Caps meeting in the final, even if they were higher seeds. You can argue that. Last several seasons, we had all the one seeds getting knocked off in the first round. You had the bubble playoffs last year in August. Even those weren't too nuts, but just the idea of it itself was crazy. Then last year, you had none of the one seeds going to the final four. I think this year you're going to have you're going to have the high seeds going far this time. I, I don't hate that. I'd hope so, because we're going to be one of the top seeds. So <laughs> we'll keep our fingers Again, crossed. Biased, pushing narratives. Stop me. So yeah. we'll rock and roll with it. So yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I not, I'm not afraid of the president's trophy. I said it last year. I know we lost. I don't care if we win it again. It doesn't make a difference. It's not a curse. It's not real. One, one team wins the cup every year. And right now the president's trophy winners are in a drought. It happens, but there was also a time where they would win it. Most of the time it'll That's true. 10 years down the line. We'll look back on this. And when three of the president's trophy winners win it out of the last 10, it won't matter. Yeah, there's, six, there's 16 teams in the playoff. The best one doesn't always win, but <laughs> at some point they will. I mean, look at Montreal beat fucking Vegas last year. Like Vegas was clearly the better team, right? So it's just the way hockey works. It's very fluky. So um, I can't wait. Saturday is going to be fun. Friday and Saturday are going to be fun back to backs. We'll be doing a live stream for the Vegas Colorado game on the Hockey Podcast Network YouTube page. I think that's uh, on Sunday. <laughs> Huh? Thank God it's not on Sunday. Yeah. These live stream episode back to backs are killing me. Yeah, they're brutal. It's a lot of work for especially uh, on Wednesdays like today, yeah. where I get up early, go to class, live stream, then go here, and then it's midnight, and then edit. And so at least until for like the next month, this is the last like back to back of all that. At least this is the last late night we have to do. Yeah. Uh, not late night, but last back to back a stream yeah. and episode because they're going to be late nights because yeah. they schedule makers. Playoffs is going to be a beast because it's going to be every game starts at eight. Oh, yeah. For, so, for the playoffs, it's all hands on deck. Yeah. It'll be fun. But uh, yeah, we're doing a live stream for that one. Make sure you come check it out. Watch the stadium series uh, and then come hang out with us and watch the abs. Or Hopefully don't watch we- the stadium series because yeah. no one even cares. Yeah. And just come hang out with us. But uh, yeah, just make sure you come and check us out. But I got nothing else, Griffin. Yeah, I'm pretty much good for this one. Come check out our live stream on Sunday. Far more exciting than a stadium series between two teams <laughs> with no history. The NHL doesn't even advertise it, so like I don't even think they carry to. Yeah, I don't think the, so it's all for the local event. But regardless, that's going to do it for us on this edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know the Avalanche lost a game. It doesn't matter. The second round road block is nonsense, and it's made up, so calm down. That's our main message from this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will catch you all next time. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore belay, and you can follow the show at tell it abs. It is where we'll be doing more giveaways and other fun stuff over the next coming weeks as we get towards the trade deadline and the playoffs. But that's it for us. Thank you once again for tuning in and we will catch you all next time. Enjoy the rest of your week.